Welcome to the Save vs. Poison podcast, the podcast dedicated to gaming, general geekery, and enduring sobriety in an ever-maddening society, with your host Will and two guys that probably live under his stairs. If you're an addict, know an addict, or are just interested in exploring the outer mysteries of geekery, you're in the right place. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Save vs. Poison podcast. It's a solo cast, everybody. It's just me. Just me, my voice, in a very, very small closet. No Steve. No Tiki. I wonder what they're doing off together right now. Are you thinking about it? I know I am. In my closet. All by my lonesome. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's season three, episode 20. And in this one, we don't have too, too much to talk about. Because of scheduling futzing around, Monday and Tuesday were really difficult to coordinate, unfortunately. End of the school year, people being out of town, people being frustrated with car problems. 100%. All my fault. It lands on my shoulders. Blame me solely. Things are going well in podcast landia for the most part. It's just suburban life. It's sober suburban life, which is okay, which is just sort of getting through stuff. Had some nice things happen this week. Saw all of my in laws. That was all right. One of my in laws told me that I was an inspiration and asked if, 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 if people tell me that on a regular basis. And all I could think was, yes, but, you know, that's only because they were looking for somebody to help them choose which strap-on to use. No, I didn't say that to them. That would have been funny, though, if I had, especially considering I was at a concert for a middle school, just blurting that out while the kids are trying to warm up their instruments, trying to get uh, the tuba, the trumpet the saxophone all ready to go big inhalation noise wasn't it i was i'll have to edit that out my name is will i'm an alcoholic and i don't have too much to report thankfully my cravings have been the normal contextual based ones although i did have occasion this week to spend some time with some friends and while i was spending time with those friends One of them challenged another that if they lost on a bet, they had to drink a specific type of really nasty alcohol. And my inner alcoholic is so, like, deeply ingrained that I looked at the guy who was being challenged, and I was like, is it really fucked up that I wish I was a part of this bet, too, because I want to try the incredibly terrible alcohol? And he looked right at me. And it, it was Steve. It's my, it's my co-host, Steve. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. And he was like, is it weird that I wish that you could too, but you can't because I won't let you? And we smiled and laughed. And then a little part of me died a little bit. Just a little bit. Just un poco. And that was a little... It was like a little bit of a... Like it's still in there. It's still in there. You get, you get little, little hints of it's still in there. 
Like you're cruising along, you're cruising along, everything's okay, you're living your sober life, and then boom, a situation rears its head and you're like, nope, still an alcoholic. Still in recovery, which is good, but still an alcoholic. So that was it for the most part. Just a real quick pop down sobriety lane. I do have a topic of conversation that I want to express today for our alcohol chat. Must have a chat, more of a monologue. Not even more of a monologue, just a monologue. I came across uh, an argument on the internet and I tripped into it. Now, I don't engage on the internet very often. I think that engaging on the internet is just absolute the height of toxicity because nobody acts in good faith. Even when you ask a straightforward question. And this happened again this time. And there won't be any names because we're not like that. We're not petty. And the person that took things kind of in bad faith is a good person. I know them. I know everybody involved in this conversation. But I happened upon a conversation about the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp situation. And it was somebody asking about whether or not this seemed like typical addict that's not in recovery behavior when they're engaged in a relationship with another addict who's not in recovery. And for the most part, everybody figured out what this person was trying to parse. Enter somebody who didn't figure it out and who happens to be an addict. They very specifically asked the question, what's a, quote, typical addict? Now, they're going to play it off like they just wanted further information. But I know the internet, and it might be that this is me projecting. It's possible. I don't think so, but it's possible. But that sort of statement or question, without any other proviso, like, hey, I'm just trying to get an understanding of what you mean here, without any judgment, and I'm not looking for a fight, what do you consider a typical addict? Because in my head, when that person said, what's a typical addict, all I could think was, okay, so this is a person that's putting their hands on their hips, looking at the person asking the question and going, what do you mean, you people? Because they identify with that group. And so often, the identification with the group leads to some pretty ugly thinking whenever that group gets brought up. And that's really, really frustrating when you're trying to parse what I think are pretty simple questions. Now, do I think that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard show toxic signs of addictive personality problems mixed with toxic signs of a bad relationship? Yes, I think that all of those things can be true at once. I think it all can be true at once. I also think that addicts, and I include myself in this, can simultaneously be both abuser and victim. And one of the things that 
bothered me so much about the line of questioning that I felt that the bad faith questioner had in response was it seemed like they expected the original poster to just dismiss out of hand any bad action or behavior from an addict because they were an addict. Now, I don't think that that's what the original poster had in mind. I don't ever think that of this person. This person is so incredibly good faith that even when I think they're being kind of a butthole, I still think that they're acting in good faith. I still think that they're being sensitive to other people's needs. This is a wonderful person that I'm talking about. And I know that me saying this person, that person, isn't really giving a clear picture, and I apologize for that, but we're leaving names and genders out of this because I don't want them to at all feel awkward about this. This is just something that sparked off in my head today and it frustrated. So, this second person, the person that I don't think was acting in good faith, comes in with this line of questioning that basically comes down to all of the addicts that they know don't have these kinds of issues, these kinds of interrelationship issues. And all I could think at the time was bullshit. And then you don't know very many addicts. Because too often, I think that there's this part of the addictive process that will do absolutely anything to save the ego and get more of the substance of choice. Instead of honestly taking complete responsibility for their addiction. And every time I hear an addict say something like, well, that's not, that's not a part of addictive personality stuff. When I hear an addict say it, not when I hear a clinician say it, but when I hear an addict say it, it almost always sounds to me like a, an attempt to save the ego, an attempt to save the self. And I'm not there for that, for my addiction. My addiction is parts, genetic component that I don't have control over, but it's also behavioral, which I do have some kind of control over. And that's what it is for all of us. It's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And while we don't have to necessarily apologize for column A, for the genetic component, we do have to take responsibility for the behaviors that we elicit. So this whole conversation frustrated me because at the end of the day, they. The, the bad, you know, the person that, that was reacting in bad faith, I think that their desire to save their ego because they were being, you know, potentially called out as part of a group or they were projecting that they were potentially being called out as part of a group that is often stigmatized and the fact that there's a stigma out there. Nobody wants to be an addict. And there's a reason for that. And addicts get stigmatized. Sometimes rightfully, sometimes not. Sometimes it's an overcorrection. Sometimes people see it as a moral failing. I think a lot of the time people see it as a moral failing. And it's so much more than that. There are aspects of it that are a moral failing. If I start doing shady shit in service of my addiction, part of that is on me. Part of it. 
And the reason that I know that is because you can be an addict in recovery. That's a decision that you can make. It's hard. It's not easy. You're fighting against your own nature. And I totally believe that. And I think that addicts require empathy and sympathy. But there is a part of it where if you do some scary, scandalous shit to get your substance, or if you do some shit while you're on your substance that isn't above board, that's on you to at least a lesser extent. And that's important. I think that's important to come to grips with. I think it's important because I think that it can aid you in your, in your recovery. I think that it gives you motivation to not go back to doing the thing that got you in trouble. So that conversation was, was, was pretty frustrating. Can addicts be abusers and victims at the same time? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I think that they can be. They can be victims of their own genetic makeup, of their own poor decision making, of a society that stigmatizes them unjustly. And when they're in relationships with other addicts, they can be victims. They can be victims of their partners. And then in turn, can abuse their partners. One of the points that this person brought up was that you abuse people out of a sense of survival. Well, that may be true. It doesn't, you, you don't get to post hoc justify that shit. There are other things that can be done. We know that there are other things that can be done. And it's so important to keep that in mind, I think. So. That's what I got for today. I hope that wasn't too rambly or bullshitty. It just frustrated me when I read all that stuff. Because I wanted to get through to them. This person is is a good person. And the original question wasn't snarky or judgmental. It was just a question. And the way that they responded seemed to be in typical internet argumentation. And I can't stand that. I engage so rarely on social media with that kind of stuff, specifically because those interactions are just incredibly toxic. And no matter how good the person is on the other end, it's so difficult to be able to explain yourself well in fucking text, especially when they can't hear tone. There's no tone to it. So, frustrating stuff aside, though. We had a good week. I hope that Steve and Tiki are enjoying themselves, whatever they're doing. I know that Tiki's actually playing Hunt Showdown right now, you guys. You could, be, you could be watching him play Hunt Showdown if he streamed or did something like that. Steve, I think, is just hanging out with his family. This week, we're premiering a new game on the stream, which is going to happen in about, uh, to be honest, about an hour and 15 from the time of this recording which will be fun for me. But there is a new survival game, and that's a genre that has been kind of starved for like really, really good quality. We had Valheim uh, about two years ago that popped up, and that was really, really cool because it was only a team of five people that put it together, and it was reasonably well done for something that small. 
of a team. Now, though, we have V Rising. V Rising. This game is a vampire survival game, which sounds silly as I say it in my closet. But they take all the genre tropes from survival games, you know, the gathering of uh, resources, the deep, the ever deepening creation of a tech tree that gives you rise to new and more powerful stuff as you get going. But it also incorporates a system where you go out and you hunt baddies or goodies, as it were, because you are a vampire, a creature of the night. You go out there and you hunt the goodies and baddies out there or the forest animals. You suck them down, baby. You suck them down and you take their powers from them and then you use them to create more havoc amongst the goodies and baddies. That's a loop like that. You can create your own vampire castle. It's like, it's like Castlevania meets Valheim. And I'm really, really there for it. I played uh, about two and a half hours of it. I'm thinking that we might have a Save vs. Poison podcast server rental sometime coming up here soon. The, I checked the prices on these servers. They're not that expensive. Uh, I think that could probably fund them just from the, the subscription money from, from the Twitch stream, which would be fantastic. I mean, every little bit helps. And being able to give back to the community by saying, hey, we got a free, we got a, you know, basically you subscribe, you get access to, to the server. That's kind of a cool kind of a thing, I think. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on whether people like sucking blood and building, uh, you know, imaginary houses and castles and whatnot. But I'm excited for it. The gameplay is really good. Uh... The, the server lag is kind of there, but I think those are all um, European servers, so I might, be, I might be missing out on, some, on a server that uh, is, is stateside that will allow for a little bit more stability. So we're going to do some exploration with that. We're going to play some V-Rising tonight on the stream, so if you uh, feel like taking a look at the VOD once you listen to this Amanyana on Thursday, if, uh, if that's when uh, this drops for you, if you uh, if you get the 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 or go to the the Twitch stream twitch.tv backslash SVP podcast, take a look at the vod. See if you think it's something you'd be interested in. Join us for a live stream event, and then come on in and watch and play and have fun and commiserate and hopefully learn a thing or two about ourselves and each other. But like I said, this was going to be a short one. We got the sobriety thing. We got the alcoholics. Alcoholics and addicts can be both abuser and victim. And while we do understand that they need empathy, it's also important that they take responsibility for their actions. And that it can't be just carte blanche. Well, I'm an addict, so whatever I did doesn't matter. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Doesn't work that way. You ran over my cat while you were drunk. You need to apologize, you awful asshole. Slash, I hope you get the help you need. I'm here for you always. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for another episode of the Savers Poison Podcast. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled, regular length podcast next week. We've got Tiki's Take, 
He's gonna he's gonna horrify us with the movie. We'll have Steve back. It's gonna be great. Come join us on the stream sometime Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday nights, nine Mountain Standard Time. The name of the Twitch stream. I already said it. It's already it's plastered all over the place. Come find us on Facebook and Twitch or Twitter. And Twitch. Yeah, all find us everywhere. Find us in all the places. And uh Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Like every episode of the Save vs. Poison podcast, though, guess what? We like to shout out to the mutual support groups we hope you turn to in your time of need. Alcoholics Anonymous, AA.org, 212-870-3400. Moderation Management, Moderation.org, 212-871-0974. Secular, AASOS, Sobriety.org, 323-693-1633. Smart Recovery, SmartRecovery.org. 440-951-5357 and women for sobriety women for sobriety.org 215-536-8026 for friends and family that need a little bit of help and would like it in a group setting there's al anon family groups www.al-anon.alatine.org 1-888-425-2666 for listings of meetings you guys all take care of yourselves stay sober if you can moderate if that's your thing. And as always, warm cream your regards, everybody. Good night. You've just listened to another episode of the Save vs. Poison podcast. If you liked what you heard, please follow us, like, and subscribe on Twitter at VS underscore save, on Facebook at the Save vs. Poison podcast, and streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash svp podcast thanks so much for joining us and stay safe everyone <laughs>